Well, this is one of those stories that I think is making a lot of people do a double take, with the headline being, Cracked Piece of Metal Heals Itself in an Experiment That Stuns Some Scientists. So what exactly happened here? Joining me to talk more about this is Dr. Michael Demkovich, research participant and associate professor at Texas A&M Materials Science and Engineering. Thank you so much for being with us this morning. My pleasure. This it sounds like something out of the Terminator film uh, with a piece of cracked metal healing itself. What actually happened here? So it's we didn't build a T-1000 yet. We're <laughs> not planning to build one. What we really just saw is that cracks normally are expected just to get longer. We saw them getting shorter. So that's peeling. That's cracks uh, fusing back together and getting shorter. And of course, the applications could be endless, but you know, mostly in making infrastructure better or you know, devices and things like that last longer. And were you specifically looking for that, or was this something that during this experiment that you and the others that were part of this noticed happening? Kind of, it was kind of a side effect. It was a little bit of a mix. So the effect is something that I predicted about ten years ago without any hope of really seeing it confirmed. And then the experiments were being done for a different reason, but then accidentally, serendipitously, they ended up confirming the prediction, right? So they were aware of the prediction, they saw it, and they said, oh, I guess it worked. You mentioned that it was something that you had kind of predicted or had worked on 10 years ago. So, And I saw that you had been quoted in that saying that it wasn't completely unexpected given the work that you had done in 2013. Uh, so not unexpected, but it still seems like it's taking a lot of people a bit by surprise. Yeah. No, it's it's wild. It's It's predicted, but, you know, there are a lot of predictions that never get verified. And, you know, this is one of those predictions where the experiment that's required is really hard. And so a lot of kudos go to my collaborators at Sandia National Labs, who were uh, led by Dr. Brad Boyce. He was the lead on the study. And they have this very special, I would say, probably worldwide unique setup where they can actually do these kinds of experiments. And so what what was actually, walk us through what was being done, what, what you were observing or what the other scientists were observing as far mm-hmm. as I understand. So this was a crack in, was it platinum? It was platinum. So the, the experiment itself was about metal fatigue. Fatigue is when you bend the metal back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, and it doesn't break on, on just one bend. But then when you just keep bending it, it gets weaker and weaker and weaker and eventually breaks. Right? So you've, everybody's probably familiar with that from you know, bending a spoon or something like that. So that's fatigue. That's called metal fatigue. And it accounts for, I don't know, 90% of all metal failures. It's probably the the most common reason why metals fail. And so they were conducting a study on that. They wanted to know how cracks actually form during fatigue, right? Because you start out with something that doesn't have a crack, and then that crack appears and grows and gets longer, and eventually it breaks. So that's what they were trying to do. And they were seeing cracks form. They saw these little cracks form. They were looking in the transmission electron microscope. That's the name of the instrument. Very, very fancy because they could do observations and at the same time do the fatigue loading. That's unusual. And so they could see these cracks forming, and they could see them growing, and they could see them advance a certain way. And then after a certain number of of loading cycles, the crack would just fuse back together and retract. And then after additional loading, if they continued loading it, they would see that the crack would go in a different direction. So you could see it 
advances, heals, and then goes somewhere else. And, and over what kind of a time period did all of that happen? So their experiments last anywhere from, you know, 15 minutes to a few hours. Uh, so these are relatively fast experiments compared to how long fatigue takes in components like cars and bridges and things like that. So it's kind of accelerated for the purposes of doing it in the lab. But so seeing then the cracks form from the metal fatigue, like you described, but then seeing them fuse back and, and heal, what were the, the factors? Was temperature a factor or, or can you explain how did that actually happen? So uh, great question. Uh, and, and this is going to get a little technical, uh, but I'll try, to, I'll try to basically highlight the two most important things. The first really important thing is that, as you pointed out, that this was being done in platinum, which is a very special kind of metal that doesn't oxidize. It doesn't form any rust layer, right? So if a, if a crack forms, you still have bare metal faces on, the, on both sides of the crack. And so if, you're really, if you can really align those faces and press them back together, they'll do something that's called cold welding. So they'll, they'll just weld together. The atoms will just bond across those faces as if you were, you know, joining two molecules. So that's the first thing, cold welding. So there's no additional temperature or anything. It just happened at room temperature, at the temperature of the experiment. And the other factor, which we honestly don't know yet how important it is, is that there was no air in this experiment. So this experiment was being done in vacuum. Mm. We don't know if, uh, if putting in air would change things. So that's actually kind of the second thing that we want to look at now that this first part of the study is over, whether this can still be done in air. Because I would imagine if it could be done in air, that could lead to a whole lot of things, whether it's talking about, like you mentioned, bridges, cars, things that, that could start repairing themselves. Yeah, absolutely. And, but even without air, you know, we are interested in applications in space. Um, so you can put components and things out there. It's in the vacuum. It's in the vacuum of space. And do we want things to self-heal in space? Absolutely. It's hard to go up there and repair things. And you mentioned so so the next step in this or, or taking it and seeing if it could happen in outside of the vacuum. Will you also be what else happens now that that this has been observed? What what kind of is the next experiment or the next step? Well, so the next thing that we want to do is look and see if it happens in air. Uh, so that's that's going to be a tough experiment because it's hard to look um, in the transmission electron microscope if you're not in vacuum. So that's going to be a little bit of a challenge, another instrumenta instrumentation challenge, right? How do we get the right tools? But that's the next step. And then uh, the other thing that, of course, we're interested in is how can we move this to some specific application? So if for anyone who's counting, it was 10 years from the time that we predicted this to the time when we observed it, I expect that, you know, natural pace of, of advance in, in technology is that it'll be another 10 years before we can get this into an application. All right. So not not a huge period of time, but a few years. Not a huge, but right. yeah. I mean, that, those 10 years went by pretty fast for me. But <laughs> um, And we were talking about platinum here. Is there a possibility that other metals could do this as well? Yes. In fact, the, the experiment reported the same observation in copper. And we had a couple of uh, simulations, computer simulations that we did, where we saw it also happening in aluminum, I think. So in principle, it can happen in any metal, you know, in principle. There's nothing about the, the way that it happens that would prevent it from happening in other metals. But the observations so far are limited to platinum and copper. 
Well, it's uh, fascinating uh, to hear how this uh, happened and uh, what could potentially happen next with this. Dr. Demkovich, thank you so much for taking the time Absolutely. and for joining us today. Have a great day.